And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Across the Pond, a Peterborough United podcast presented by the Yellow Block. I'm your host, Pete Urich, and today I'm joined by posh fan Wes, also from the United States. Wes, welcome to the show. Uh, it's great to have you on. We've been talking back and forth for a few months now over Twitter about making this happen, and we finally uh, got it to go. So uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pete. Excited to uh, talk about the posh and how I became a fan. Absolutely. And that's exactly where we're going to start off. You know, um, so obviously you are an American who supports a third tier team in England. Talk to me about your story. How did you end up following the posh? Yeah. So, I mean, I think being from St. Louis, obviously the city has a long connection to soccer. So I grew up playing it. Um, And like a lot of fans, I got into the English game by watching the Premier League. Um, And I do follow a team in the Premier League, but when I was in college, I had a chance to study abroad, and while I was there, um, obviously wanted to go to a lot of games, wanted to get ingrained in the culture, and a person who lived above me in the dorms was from Peterborough, and I came in in 2014. They were on the run to the Johnston Paint Trophy, so I watched a couple of games there, um, went to Swindon away, was fortunate enough to go to Wembley and see them win a cup, so I think when you connect with somebody on a personal level that's was somebody that was in my wedding and you go to a game and you see a penalty shootout win in Swindon and then you go to Wembley it's hard not to just fall in love and instantly become a fan and that's the way it's been ever since then have been connected with the team follow as much as I can it's it's been a quite a journey I'd say that's awesome so I'm guessing that uh according to what you were just saying there the Swindon game was your first game that you ever went to yeah, Swindon away was my first game, and it was absolutely mental. It was the really the first time I had experienced an away section and didn't really understand what it was like. And to be standing there with my friend and his family, and then you see people that are your grandparents' age giving it uh, to Alex Pritchard and really screaming at him, throwing around what we would call in the States colorful language was quite an experience. But yeah, loved absolutely every second of it. That's awesome. And um, so your favorite moments as a Posh fan, I mean, uh, that's the Johnston uh, paint trophy probably has to rank up there, but you know, I'm not going to speak for you. You know, you've got 10 years worth of uh, worth of support. So, you know, what is your Posh history favorite moment? Yeah, definitely. uh, British Sambalanga scoring the penalty uh, in the final right in front of us. I mean, we were, I mean, it was, really close to us so seeing that moment even though it's a penalty like was fantastic and then the promotion after the year of covid when 
everything happened with the points and how Wimbledon went up instead of us. And then we were able to go up the next season and they celebrated with the fans outside the gate. Um, just realizing the emotion and the connection that everybody in the local community has with the club. I think sports do play a huge part in people's lives and it's hard to discount that emotional factor and everything everybody was going through, through the pandemic to have that moment where it pays off where everybody was celebrating. And even though we were in the United States, seeing the videos, seeing everything on Twitter that the club put out, I mean, it's hard not to look back at that and say, that's not right up there. Yep. That's awesome. So you've got a relatively long history with the club, uh, about a decade's worth. Uh, who is your favorite player of all time for the, for the posh? I, man, it's, I don't know if people will give me stick for it, but uh, I'm a big Tommy Rowe guy. He was who I loved in that 2014 run. Um, really just liked the way he played. And I know he moved on from the club, and that's a common theme when you're a League One supporting. But, yeah, Tommy Rowe will, will always be my guy. I'll always look back and say, I love Tommy Rowe. Gotcha. Yeah, it's that same era. My favorite player has always been Charlie Lee, you know, even though he's moved on to 15 different clubs. And I think he just finally retired at like 37 or something like that. Right. But, <laughs> but um, you know, you you love those particular players that especially towards the beginning of your fandom, uh, it, it's, it's definitely a really cool connection. So um, obviously we, you know, are midway – a little bit longer than midway through the season. You know, what are your thoughts on the season so far? It's, you know, for all accounts, it's a great time to be a posh fan. Um, but, you know, any thoughts that you have on uh, how things are going and we're in the middle of a transfer window, you know, love to hear your thoughts on, on what we should be doing. Yeah. Well, starting with the season, I mean, it, it's hard not to look at it and say that it's a resounding success going into the season. Everybody, even people on the yellow back were predicting, you know, mid table kind of having some good wins, but not really having a success. And to be where we are uh, second in the table, what is it a point behind or is it two points? Um, uh, yeah, I think we are, if I'm recalling correctly, I think we're a point behind um, Portsmouth at the moment. Yeah. So to have that be the reality here in January is just insane. And then you look at who's been performing and they're all young players. I mean, hopefully we can keep a hold of them, but I mean, you look at what uh, Efren Mason-Clark is doing, what Kwame Poku is doing, Ricky J. Jones. I mean, they're just, they're really tearing it up at a young age. And it's really exciting to see them. Each of them have either right at or above 10 goal involvements. I think Efren Mason-Clark has like 15 across the season. I mean, what a player he's been. And you've got Joel Randall, who I think is hit or miss at times, but um, I think he has the talent to really be a quality player for us. And then... At the back, I mean, Ronnie Edwards is destined for the top. What he does game in, game out is just exceptional. This last game, I joked with uh, my buddy Paul, who uh, got me into posh. I was like, those couple errors that he had at the back, I think he just wants to stay at Peterborough. So we <laughs> joked like that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely, um, you know, one of those things where you – hope for the best for, you know, a player and everything like that. But at the same time, how can you not kind of want things to keep on falling through for the next six months until, you know, the summer so that we can get that promotion and, you know, hopefully end up being able to replace him with somebody who, who can carry that weight. Uh, but he has been absolutely remarkable. And, you know, for the most part, he's, he's definitely destined for the top having, having been a, a, a posh fan for as long as I have, like, this is the second time that I've seen this type of thing happen where we bring in all this young talent in order to, uh, you know, climb up the league and everything like that. And the last time it was really cool watching like, you know, the Craig McHale Smith and uh, George Boyd and uh, Aaron McLean uh, group go through. This feels a little bit different because of the fact that I don't feel like we're as reliant on one uh, star. I know that Efren, Mar Efren Mason Clark has the uh, most goals, but I feel like if he was to get sold tomorrow, you know, David Adjaboy could easily step in and do the same exact thing. It's more of an 11 man or 12, 13, 14, 15 man uh, group that we have rather than, you know, if, if these two or three players are injured, we're done. And, and that's not a feeling that I've really ever had before. 
yeah, definitely. I think the the second string, I guess you would call it, the substitutes that make those appearances, the drop-off isn't massive. Definitely, I mean, it is a bit of a step down, but nothing where you'd be drastically concerned. And I think the strength that we have in the middle of the field when you have Josh Knight, Ronnie Edwards, Kiprianu, and Collins doing what they're doing right now, I mean, that's a strong base to build off of. So they give a lot of freedom to those attacking players to be dynamic. And even just the way that Harrison Burroughs now has stepped into a leadership role and has been consistent there on the left back. I think you've got a lot of players who are really benefiting from the time they've seen this year and in previous years. And I mean, what Dare is doing right now and what Darren uh, Ferguson is doing is just incredible. I, you you have to put, put faith in the young players and they're rewarding us. And like you said, Adjaboye can step in. We have a lot of players that can step in. And uh, what's the guy, the mother sill. And then we, the other guy we can play. Yeah, Malik Mothersill. Those yep. guys, when they've made appearances, I really think that they show good instances. And maybe if there was an injury or if somebody got sold, that they could step in and we wouldn't see a huge downturn. I, I think it's really encouraging. Yep. Um, so at the moment, I mean, we just talked about the strengths and weaknesses of the side a little bit. Uh, where do you p- predict that we will finish at the end of the season? Uh, you might have to go heart versus head here, uh, where, <laughs> where you think we're going to end up and then where, you know, your heart really says. My, my heart says we're going to win the league, that we're just going to really carry on in the back half of this season. We're really going to uh, put it, put in a great performance. And we're going to win the league, but my head, if I'm really being realistic, seeing that um, the transfer rumors around Ronnie Edwards, what's going on with Johnson Clark Harris. If those two players leave, depending on what comes in, I think playoffs is realistic. And as we saw last year with the playoffs, it was heartbreaking, but anything can happen. So I think playoffs is probably the realistic outcome. And in there, I, I do think if we have people on form and depending on who, what our roster looks like, I do think we can beat anybody in this league in a playoff. So really optimistic that this could be another promotion season. Awesome. And, um, you know, thoughts on the transfer window, you mentioned Johnson Clark Harris and, uh, Ronnie Edwards being the, the two major targets, you know, that are, or people that are most likely to move on. Um, what do you think the impact would be of losing one and or both? And then, you know, is there, do you think that we're going to lose anybody else? I know that you're making a huge uh, leap here, but at the same time, you know, that's what we do as fans. We, we put our thoughts out there. Yeah. I mean, I do think if we lost Ronnie Edwards, I, I think that could be season derailing. I think he's just so strong at the back. And um, I think you look at who could come in. You've got Romani Critchlow who came in yesterday who would probably fill in in the center back. And I do think that's a significant step down that would really harm the team. And can a league one player go out or league one team go out and replace Ronnie Edwards and somebody step in immediately. And you know, you're going to get the same performance. Not very likely. You're going to have to take a chance on somebody and that's happened and worked out in the past. But I do think if we lose him, that it'll be a big harm to the season. I think that would see us fall into the promotion area. Um, Johnson Clark Harris, I think he's a fantastic player. It was I mean, He just got the brace the other day to have us have a draw. So I think that he still has it and can still perform. Um, but it definitely seems like his destiny and his path lies away from the club. I don't think he would be as impactful of a loss just because of the way that Poku, Ephraim Mason Clark, and uh, Ricky J. Jones have stepped up this season. But Losing somebody of his quality and his presence within the club definitely is destabilizing. But I think because of the way we've played up top that it would be less impactful than losing Ronnie Edwards. And I I really do think you could see anybody come in for any one of our starting 11. It wouldn't be surprising to see a championship club take a punt on really any of our players. I mean, you look at what Kipriano and Collins have formed as a partnership in the midfield. There's a lot of teams that would like to have those players and their abilities. And then Ephraim Mason Clark and Poku, they've got like 15 goals involvements on the season. So like those are numbers that pique people's interest. And will that help somebody at a higher level, either fight for promotion? Will it help them stave off relegation? I think that's 
really unnerving. And then in terms of what we could bring in, I mean, that's what I love about being a League One fan. When people talk about rumors, I'm like, who is this person? Especially with what uh, McAn- Dear McAnthony does and brings in these people from non-league or below. It's like, okay, sure, maybe I've heard of them obs- like referently obscured in like football football manager, but I've never actually heard these players. And then you start looking them up. And I think that's what really gets me excited when people come in. I'm like, okay, this is a player that I really have to learn about and really go in and look up who they are. So I think this year, if we can keep in this transfer window, both uh, Johnson, Clark, Harris, and Ronnie Edwards, it'll be great. I'm just not confident we will. Yeah. I, I definitely, I 100% agree with you uh, that, you know, the Ronnie Edwards uh, maneuver, that's one where, you know, I don't know that uh, my my feeling would be is that, you know, with the Kyoso, ro- you know, rumors about like he was missing the game because he refuses to play for Rotherham and everything like that. If he were to come back and you put Katongo into the middle, I think that that becomes a little bit less of a destabilizing uh, maneuver if Ronnie moves on. But at the same time, you know, Katongo is also a a lone player as well. So, you know, it it does create a long-term thing that you need to figure out uh, that we need a center back to pair with, uh, with Knight in order to keep us, playing the way that we are, which, you know, I think that's the one thing that is majorly different this year is that we've got quality players, but it's not 100% the quality of the players. It's the combination of the players. It's, it's not that, okay, well, you know, Mason Clark has beaten players one-on-one in order to go in and get the goal. But most of our goals from open play have been great combination goals where it's, ball coming in from, you know, like we saw yesterday against Charlton, you know, ball comes in from, uh, from across and Ricky J Jones is laying it off for Efren Mason to uh, Mason Clark to put it into the net. It's that combination type of things where the runs are coming from all kinds of different areas. And that's why we're tearing teams apart. And it's not so much that, you know, okay, well, we've got to get the ball to Johnson Clark Harris. Otherwise we can't win. And I, I, I just haven't had that feeling at all. And with the exception of, you know, Ronnie Edwards, I think that basically we can, you know, lose a player here, lose a player there. It's going to take us two or three weeks to, to rebalance. But then after, after a few games, it's going to come back. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're spot on there. The way we've played this season is just amazing. The combination plays and build up. And like you said, when you get to the box, it's not just can Johnson Clark Harris finish its buildup play. The layoff yesterday was fantastic. And then previously, Peter Chioso, the overlap that he would have and he, how far advanced and how good he was on the ball gave you a lot of flexibility in what you could do in the buildup, what you could do in the attacking third. And you watch the way we're playing. And I've told this to people when I've talked to them. I'm like, this is a League One team that is playing a style of football that is just as enjoyable to watch as a lot of the higher levels you'll see. I mean, what we've been able to do. I mean, there was a couple times yesterday where passing movements out of the back where I'm like, okay, this is really a bad situation. And they passed their way out a couple passes, bing, bang, boom, we're up the field and we're getting an attack. It's, it's really, like you said, the system is what's shining right now. And yes, the players have to execute, but I think you've got a squad that's buying into that idea of playing the system and sticking by their principles and that if they stick by that, they'll get the chances, they'll convert the chances and will be successful. And it's really a testament to what everybody's put in. I mean, they're at the top of the table for a reason. They're in the position where they are because they're sticking by those principles. And with Peter Chioso, if he were to come back, I think that'd be huge. He was performing as a captain. It was clear that, he was really loved within the locker room. The fans loved him. If he were to come back, I think that's something that could, like you said, spur us on and be that push to finish higher up in the league. I would love to see Peter Chioso come back. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people and, you know, with us being American, so we have a slightly different vantage point from which to look at things. You know, Darren Ferguson is doing a lot of great things with this team. He's turned them into a unit, which I feel like was what we were missing to a certain extent when he left the last time was there seemed to be a lot of division within the locker room on, you know, especially the older players. And I, 
you know, you never know what to believe and what not to believe, but like, you know, the Sammy Schmodix thing, like that supposedly there was some kind of a, a little bit of a rift between those two. And I think that's exactly why he signed up for this project because of the fact that we were going with the young group. It's like none of these guys for the most part have an ego where it's, I think that I am bigger than the team. It's we are bringing in guys who are young but talented and they are able to buy into the system and know that they're part of a part of a unit rather than I'm the star within the unit. And I, I think that that's one of the major reasons why we're, you know, punching above our weight or, you know, we've hit our stride way earlier than anybody would have thought. Yeah. And it's really, I agree that it is something to be said that there doesn't seem to be a lot of ego on the team. And I think that man management is one of the, biggest things of part of being a manager is that you really have to make sure the locker room is all on the same page. You don't have bad apples. Um, Sammy Smodix, fantastic player. You mentioned the rift. I mean, those things happen. I mean, he's gone on he's performing excellently. He definitely has the talent. We all see it just didn't like you mentioned, they, they had that rift. And when that happens, is it sometimes is it harder to get rid of a player? Is it harder to get rid of a manager? I mean, Fergie has gone, away so many times and come back so many times it's like okay who's the announcement going to be if you bet on Fergie it's probably going to be right and I think right now he's got like you mentioned that young hungry core group of players that want to succeed and if we were to go up I think you have to supplement that with more talent and more experience at the next level but I think you'd have to really focus on not disturbing the locker room and that will be tough. Anybody that comes in is a different dynamic in the locker room. And if you can still keep the same mentality and the same sort of um, drive to succeed that this team has shown, and it's evident on the pitch that they're all connected, they really like playing together, that anything that could disrupt that, I think would be very harmful to the team. But right now, I mean, the Fergie appointment looks great with what they're doing. So hopefully it continues. Yep. It's uh, it's it's always one that, um, you know, I've been a firm proponent of Ferguson since the beginning. I wrote a piece of uh, a blog for my blog uh, years ago when we were in the championship about how he was bigger than the role, like very much similar to his dad at Manchester United. Like Manchester United still hasn't hit the the stride that they had when he was there versus, you know, what they're doing now. I don't think that anybody has truly replaced him yet. And I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, Ferguson keeps on coming back to us is that the club and the man are almost inseparable in the fact that like, you know, unless you want to change the who you think of, who you think Peterborough United are, then you could go in a different direction. But, you know, you either have to get Derek Ferguson ba- back or somebody who thinks like Darren Ferguson. And that's that's why I think that this pairing has been so fruitful for us, but also why we haven't found anybody else to, like, really fill those shoes at the same level. Yeah, and I think if you're looking at League One, it's hard to find managers that match up with the philosophy. It's clear that McAnthony wants to play an attacking brand of football, wants to get in young players, and that's hard to find in the lower leagues. And Darren Ferguson is that guy at League One levels who's almost guaranteed to get a team performing and get you fighting towards the top of the table for promotion. It hasn't worked out in the championship. The last day ended horribly. We all know what happened there. Um, He walked away when he probably should have been let go earlier. But results dictate that. Sometimes things have to happen. But when you look at the track record with Ferguson and what he's produced at the club, I mean, it's hard not to consider him a a club legend. I mean, what he's done for this team and what McAnthony as an owner has done. I know people have their qualms about him personally and can question. But, I mean, there's a lot of clubs that would like to have an owner like McAnthony who can tell his heart is in the right place. He really does care about the club. And I think we have to be cognizant of that and we have to recognize that yeah there's tough times and there's qualms and I'd never fault anybody who is critical but I think you have to put it in perspective and say that what we've done with Fergie and McAnthony leading the club has really been great it's all I've known looking back in history it's better than the club has been in a lot of times so I, I think we're really fortunate and I think if we can get those two clicking and we get to the championship you survive one year 
it, it's a different ball game. Then you're looking at another year of increased revenues, bringing in new talent. And if you have Fergie, you're always going to get these good loan players like Kioso, who clearly you can develop players. Clearly you will play players. And if you're seen as that place, you're only going to get more opportunities because players will say, Hey, this is a stepping stone maybe. And I hate to say that Peterborough is a stepping stone club, but as a lower league club, you if you're developing talent, you're moving them up higher, you're always going to be bringing in talent. And I think that's one thing to really commend both the manager and the owner on is that we've had players come in and then go up. I mean, look at, <laughs> I know he's uh, in trouble right now and not playing, but Ivan Tony is a Premier League striker, has played for England, like fantastic. And that's really a testament to the ownership, to management and what the club values. Yep. And I think that it's it's not the worst thing in the world for now you know obviously you get promoted and you make it to the top of the championship you have to change your philosophy but you know right now this is what we are we're a you know league one club who you know have a very modest fan base and you know the fact that we're able to be in uh the promotion hunt basically every single year and get that odd um promotion is you know probably us punching above our weight to a certain extent and recognizing the fact that I, I think that sometimes people expect Dara McAnthony to be something other than what he is. You always need to remember who that guy is. He is a salesman and for better or worse, that has served us pretty well. You know, he does the job of, you know, he, he was in real estate buy low sell high. That's what he does with our players. And you can't fault him for it because it keeps us in business. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I keep wondering what people to uh, expect out of our ownership group to, you know, all of a sudden now it's like, he's going to be this uh, Middle Eastern sheik that's just going to dump money into the club. He's just not in that position. And I know that a lot of people want him to move on, but he really doesn't have a reason to. And until we, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in the team, the team, uh, the teamwork of those two. So I think they can get to the championship and make it work. But I think that this is the way that it's going to happen is that young group of players who, you know, you add in a, a few uh, veteran players when you uh, get promoted. And I think that we could stay up and, you know, pardon me, and keep in the championship and actually cons consolidate and turn this into a real, you know, Cinderella type story. But, you know, the expectation that Dara McAnthony is not going to be Dara McAnthony is, <laughs> is I think a little bit ridiculous that he, he is who he is. And I, I know that he has his faults, but at the same time, we're in this position where this is the one year where he did not he didn't come out and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get promotion. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do great." He said, "Everybody, keep your expectations low." And now, and, and this is exactly what we're doing. We're going young. We're gonna we're go we're not going to beat up on these kids. We're going to let them perform, and no matter how they perform, we're gonna try and stick to the plan. And the thing is, is now people are are complaining about you know. Oh, well, uh, Joel Randall yesterday should have played the ball off and he shouldn't have shot. He's being selfish. We need to get rid of him and put some, it's like, no, this was the plan all along. So we need to we need to stick with that plan so that we can, you know, hopefully build these players up into the quality that they can be. And they ride the wave up into the championship if we make that if we make that transition. Yeah, and that Joel Randall chance, I mean, we all look at it. He definitely should have passed that ball. We all know that. And mm -hmm. it's okay for people to say that. But I am. there's no way that they're not talking about their They're not looking at the tape and saying, hey, make the extra pass here. I would, I would think in the next couple of weeks, we see him make an extra pass. We see him. And, yeah, he missed the open net, and it was a bad shot. And you, at times, like, you're critical, you're angry, but you got to look back and just say, hey, stuff happens. He's had a good year. He sure is hit or miss, but – I mean, he's not – we're not looking at we signed a player that is like the next Messi. Like you got to be realistic and look where these levels are. If we can get him – say we can improve him across the year 10 or 20% better, well, that becomes a player that's, okay, a pretty good 
um, League One player to like a top level League One player. And if you can get those progressions, I think it's those small improvements year over year. That's what you're looking for with these young players. You're not always going to sign somebody and then they turn into, oh, they're going to be in the Premier League and they're going to start tearing it up. No, but if you can get 10%, 20% better across the season and you can do that consistently across multiple players, that's how you improve a squad the way that Darrow wants to do it. And he tried with the ownership and that I, I don't know all the full details there with what happened um, with the ownership, but it's clear that he cares about the, tr- the club, that he tried to improve it. I think what they did with the academy, if they can keep seeing the academy approve, I mean, we've got three starters in the lineup right now that are academy graduates. Not saying that's going to happen every year, every couple of years, but if you can consistently have, say, one to three and maybe up to five players that are either in the starting lineup or coming off the bench, or that you're developing and you've grown them from your academy, that's huge, not just for what you're able to do with sustainability, but again, like I said, with being seen as a club that can help players, even as young as those youth ranks. If you can see a pathway and you're, say, I don't know, a young teenager, and you're like, where can I play next? Are you gonna? Is it going to be Norwich over there? Is it going to be um, some other club that's nearby that's higher up? I don't know. Maybe it's you say, hey, I'll play in League One. Look what Ronnie Edwards did. Look what Ricky J. Jones did. Look at them. Look at the, what they're doing. So I think that we have to be patient at times. We can want the world. But like you said, we don't have some Saudi sheiks. We don't have massive billionaire owners just dumping money in. We have to tamper our expectations a bit. And I think Dara doing that at the beginning of the year saying, we're going to be competitive. This is what we want to do. But let's be realistic here. I think that's what we should have every year. I think going in and expecting promotion, expecting to win the title, like you mentioned, it's a smaller fan base. It's not always realistic, and we can have the passion, and we can want that, but I think we do have to be realistic with where we're at, what the club is, and what the revenues are. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, specifically talking about uh, the game from yesterday, uh, A, did you get to watch the Charlton game? I did get to watch it, yeah. I I have the access to Posh Plus, so I'm able to um, watch the games. And the nice thing about being League One is there's lots of 3 p.m. kickoffs. We get that at least here in the central time, it's a 9 a.m. kickoff. So it's not too bad. There's definitely some times where you have to wake up for the early game and it's like 6 a.m. But I love waking up for those early games. And yesterday was, I mean, a tale of two halves. They go from the first half playing fantastic. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And then the second half, it seemed like we couldn't even put two passes together at times. And part of that is Charlton making an adjustment. They put another striker up top. I think that destabilized what we were able to do with the control in the back and through the midfield. But I mean, you got to look at it. They stuck out that pressure and got a win that, you know, maybe we didn't deserve to win that there was definitely the pressure there. And I could have seen Charlton and they had some chances to um, really equalize. And it was, I think that's a good win there. You can look back and the team is going to say to each other, we stuck it out. We fought out and we got a result. We got three points. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the the tale of two halves is exactly right that, you know, the fact that we weren't up by three or maybe even more at the at the half is not surprising. You know, again, 
These are imperfect players. That's why they're at Peterborough United. That's why they're in League One is they are young. They are learning their trade and they're figuring it out. They're not as, you know, as precise as you would expect a Premier League player to be. So, um, you know, the fact that we we should have probably been up 3-0 at, at half and then going into the second half, the adjustments did did throw us a little bit. But eventually, you know, the players did figure it out and um, they were able to come away. Uh, with the win, um, who would be your man of the match? I think this one's pretty easy, but you know, you, you could have a different uh, opinion for for sure. I mean, it's Ephraim Mason Clark. I mean, you get a brace, like it's got to be him. the The first finish is just that you look at that technique to hit it first time like that across the goalie and put it in the side netting. That's that's quality. You can have that up and down the leagues and you will just be happy to see that. The second one, getting the ball out wide, that's one where Joel Randall, you say, he did well. He moved the ball quickly, got it to space, and then Mason Clark is able to drive into the box and get a shot off it. Initially, I thought it took a deflection. Replays, it looked like it might have been straight in, but when you back a defender up like that and you can get into the box, you're always going to find success. He can either take the shot there or like we have seen Posh do, you go on the outside and you play a ball low across the six-yard box into that corridor of uncertainty, and you just you never know what's going to happen. It happened yesterday. I think it was Katongo maybe played one, a beautiful ball across the six-yard box, and just nobody was there to tap it in. But you get those balls coming in, and you can always find success. And what we were able to do to yesterday in the attacking third at times was really good, and Mason Clark is just the shining star yesterday. Yeah, 100%. I mean, with getting two goals and uh, just the way that he played overall, I think that he definitely would be your man of the match. There's been there's been other performances throughout the season where, you know, the guy with two goals wasn't particularly my man of the match, you know, where uh, Kiprianu ran the entire show or maybe Collins did. But yes, definitely, yes, yesterday's match um, – I think Mason Clark deserves the man of the match. Although I want to give a, a lot of credit in that game to Katongo because I feel like in the Leeds game, he was in, in through no fault of his own. He and Finn uh, Tally were the two players that were brand new to the side for the most part and kind of caused the unbalance of the team that you go from a from a team of 11 where everybody knows their role and everybody's firing on all cylinders all cylinders to the point where a new player gets introduced and now you're a little bit disjointed he's not playing exactly the way that Kyoso would and so you know you see this position that Kyoso would normally be in but Katongo's nowhere near there i I really want to give credit to him for he changed his or, 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 you know, not particularly changed his game, but he got into better positions this time around and seemed to understand his role so much better. And it only took, you know, one game and, and a week's worth of practice in order to start to figure it out. Yeah. I think we're only going to continue to see that from Katongo. I mean, he comes from man city, right? So he's got the talent. There's definitely a player in there. And you could see it yesterday. There's times on the ball where he's really good. He's still learning. So positional-wise, he might have a little bit more to learn. But for the longest time, he was stuck on the bench because Kioso was just so good. So it will take some time. But I, I agree. He had a game where I was like, he did really well compared to what that Leeds performance was. And I, I think that Leeds performance, we lost 3-0. But I, I don't think we were terrible by any means. I mean, you have a worldly goal that is only going to be scored every once in a while. Like you take that out. It's a two nil game. It's leads. They're top of the, or they're near the top of the premier league, just our championship. championship. They just came yep. down from the premier league. So like, it's not a terrible result, but to see the way, like you said, one game, a couple bench appearances, and he's already seen that improvement. How, what's he going to look like in the next couple months? Can he keep making in, incremental improvements? And then how's that link up going to work like on the right-hand side? He's different from Kyoso, so you have to adjust. But I think we can't. he can adjust, and I think the team can adjust, and he can be just as successful and be a player that we rely on. Yep, no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I think that 
we'll hear within the next, I don't know, we well, at bare minimum, we've got a maximum of just over two weeks to figure out what's going on with uh, Kyoso and everything else that'll happen in the transfer window. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how those things develop, as we talked about earlier, if Ronnie Edwards goes out and Katongo has to go in the middle or, and Kyoso comes back or whatever, you know, there's all kinds of eventualities, but I'm sure that there is at least the the workings of a plan in place for, you know, replacing people who need to be replaced and, and figuring out uh, what system we're going to go with. Definitely. And it could be even if we do lose those players, it could be another Darren McAnthony special and we get somebody that we've never heard of. And maybe it's not a success right off the bat, but in a year, two years, we're like, that was a really smart signing. It worked out. He got them for cheap and look where they're at now. So I'm not panicked. I would say going into the rest of the transfer window, but I would say concerned on what happens. And like you said, if we lose Ronnie, but Kyoso comes back, can we rebalance and can we still be as competitive? I think you're right that we can make adjustments and make it work. Definitely losing Ronnie will hurt, but I think you're right that we can adjust and see um, this team still be competitive. So just out of curiosity, because I know from my own uh, personal experience, like is Peterborough United the team that you pay the most attention to are they second uh where do they fall within your sports uh fandom so it fluctuates uh i would say so uh being in st louis we just uh got an mls team and previously we had a usl team and my local team is always my number one because i can go to the matches i think anytime you can go to a match whatever level that is you should support that and that should be your main one so city is my number one right now qualms about MLS aside I definitely get that some people have their complaints but that's my number one Um, what got me into professional soccer um, was being an Arsenal fan which is terrible from a St. Louis perspective with the ownership Um, I hate Stan Kroenke but I mean I started back in the day with like Fox Soccer Plus and watching games before uh, Kroenke even had ownership stakes or it was a very small so like I fell in love with uh, the Vieiras the Thierry Henry that made me fall in love with soccer um, and professional soccer. It really had only been like the men's national team, the women's national team that I'd watched a lot because MLS wasn't here. So that's what got me into professional soccer. So Arsenal is still pretty high up there um, for me. But Posh, yeah, I probably watch as many games as possible on for Posh, especially when they don't conflict with Arsenal matches. But a lot of the times what I do is I will watch the Posh game and then listen to the commentary on uh, Arsenal or vice versa. Um, but yeah, I'd probably watch, I, it's not all of the games, but as many posh games as I can, can 75, 80% midweek games. Now that I'm working back in the office are pretty much a dud. I watch the highlights on those, but, uh, luckily the highlights are there and I can see those, but yeah, I would say posh is probably, I would say like a two A and B with Arsenal and Posh. They're tied for me. And I know I'll get some stick from the England fans that they're like, oh, multiple clubs. But I think you know and understand in America, it's just kind of different. The way that you come into the sport and then what you learn about the sport, it's hard to really be like, okay, this is my team and stick to it um, necessarily. I think people can have multiple teams now where I draw the line is I'm like, okay, you can't be like, oh, I'm a City fan and then I'm a Liverpool fan. Then I'm a United fan, whoever's at the top. If you're, say, like, okay, I started watching and I liked whoever was the good Premier League team, but then not to fault them, but, and I know this will probably rile people up, but Wrexham. If people are like, you know what, I like Wrexham because of the story. Well, yeah, there's a lot of money going into that, but the story's pretty cool. You got a really good TV show. If you start liking lower league soccer and you support Wrexham because of that, I'm not going to fault you. I think that here in America, we have to be realistic and understand that this is a new sport for a lot of people. That are, and the way they get into it is going to be different than most people. You're not going to be born into, say, Peterborough United. You're going to have to find a reason to connect with Peterborough United. And I do think the way that we play and the young players we bring in, if we can get people to understand that, that that's the history and that's what Peterborough represents, I think there are a lot of people that would like that romanticism of, you know, we get young players in, they move up, they're going forward. I, I think we could see us grow here in the States, but it's not a straightforward process. We don't have 
Hollywood superstar is making a show about us. Now, if we did, that would be awesome. Yeah, it, it's yeah. If you ever watch the uh, the Ron uh, uh, Ron football manager uh, thing, it's it's a totally different uh, scenario than what what uh, Welcome to Wrexham is. It's uh, it's it's for sure uh, not not the same quality. But one hundred percent agree. You know, I got into football slash soccer because of the cosmos and now i would absolutely be head over heels love if the cosmos were ever to have gotten into mls and you know they've tried several times and there's been all kinds of different things but it's just never happened and you know i am a uh, just like you supporter of MLS, I want it to be successful, but I have my misgivings with it as well. You know, the fact that we don't have promotion relegation and all of the, you know, issues that come with, uh, with the U S soccer pyramid or lack thereof, you know, it creates all kinds of, uh, issues, but, you know, I've got a former player in MLS, uh, Brian white, who plays for, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. I coached him when he was in uh, high school. No, that's so cool. And he's playing. Well, he's at, at the January camp right now, so yeah. I don't know if he's going to get capped or not. But he, um, he's at the January camp. So you know, inside of my own like dream world, you know, uh, is Brian White gets a few more caps and has the ability to move to England when we get promoted into the championship. You know, he plays for Posh. That would be the the best. Oh, because I've already to make the trip. You yeah, I've, I well, I, I've already done. Uh, Done that on uh, the FIFA soccer game several times. I've signed him for <laughs> for Peterborough several times, and he always ends up doing well. So, but um, you know, there's there's all kinds of really cool things about being a fan, and especially in the United States. Like, you know, I, I really don't have other than the FIFA soccer game like that huge connection to Peterborough. But I've been doing this for 20 years now, where I've been paying attention to a lower league, you know, English team that. We started out in League Two when I started paying attention, you know, and mm-hmm. got ourselves up a little bit. And, you know, it's been a really cool ride. But <clears throat> other than my son, I don't know of any American kids that are probably, uh, you know, been indoctrinated into Peterborough fandom. And even he, like, resists it. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a, more of an Everton fan than he is anything else. So it's um it's definitely you're absolutely right. We have that possibility because of the fact that when you do look at like uh, Ivan Tony, for example, you know, player or people who pay attention to the Premier League know like certain names. And when you can say like, oh, yeah, uh, Ivan Tony used to play for Peterborough. We've got um, Ben White, who played for us for a little bit and things like that. It's, you know, some of these players who have developed through the lower leagues, they go up to the premiership and then. You know, if we can get people to at least be aware that we exist, then, you know, find find ways to uh, bring them in. I, I've been, you know, bothering Dara through letters and things like that for uh, probably at least 17 years about, hey, when are you going to come into America to do a to do a tour? And when the um, Canadians signed on as owners, they had planned on doing it, but it just fell through due to covid or something else happened where they were uh unable to do it but at some point i'm sure they'll they'll do an american tour with the bosch oh i'm sure they will and i think that it's going to be harder if people are already into soccer to get them to like a lower league if they're not already into a lower league team um i think that's a harder sell than if just like you're doing with the team buying young players developing them like you mentioned a tour where they go to even if it's not like mls like club levels but they go to usl or they go to canadian premier league and it's not just oh we play a game but they do some youth camps and put some things on there and you get those young kids involved and then they play on fifa i think that is the way you help grow this and on if we did have another big run manager because that was phenomenal that was one of the first things my buddy told me to watch those can help but i don't know if we're going to get one of those coming down the pipeline but doing things like a camp here in the States, getting some young kids involved. If there were a content creator, say that made some of those like FIFA career mode videos, like leveraging those is how you would activate the fan base. And I'm not going to say I'm going to do it because I don't think I would make great uh, FIFA content or anything like that. But I think having podcasts like this, people being active on social media, slowly but surely you might capture 
one or two more fans and start getting it, but it's not going to be an overnight success. And if they were to grow and become hugely popular here in the States, it would be fantastic. I love seeing more Peterborough stuff because I've actually never seen Peterborough stuff in the wild here in the States. If it's not me or if it's not my buddy who doesn't live too far from me now. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've stuck a few stickers around in um, like uh one in San Francisco and things like that. So uh, whenever I go on vacation, I try and, uh, you know, stick a uh, Peterborough sticker uh, someplace, but the odd juxtaposition of posh and vandalism doesn't seem to correlate there, but I like it. <laughs> well, the reason why I did it in, uh, in San Francisco in particular was the, uh, the place was, uh, it already had stickers up all over the place and it was the posh bagel. It was, um, it was a bagel shop that was called posh. That's so, perfect. So, so it actually worked. But anyway, I don't know if you have anything else, Wes. This has been a great conversation. I'm really glad that you uh, took the time to, uh, you know, get on and uh, talk with me. Yeah, absolutely. I loved uh, joining. Would love to come back and talk about uh, more matches in the future. Enjoyed meeting you, uh, even though it's over <laughs> uh, basically FaceTime. I loved uh, finally putting a name to the face and hopefully – this year ends up with uh, us going up, but I think a lot will be left to be told with the uh, transfer window happening. Yep. Yeah, I think that our uh, our success uh, is going to depend largely on the next two and a half weeks worth of business. So hopefully it all ends up well and, uh, you know, JCH finds a new home to score some goals, not against us. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I really like the guy and just want nothing but success for him. If it's not here so be it but he really is just a phenomenal player yeah i mean like i i've been on record as saying i think we should have sold him when we got promoted the last time right after the covid season because that was when his stock was going to be at its absolute highest you know golden boot winner and everything like that i think he had kind of outgrown us we might have outgrown him i think that might have been the the time to move on but you know it didn't happen and now you know hopefully he gets his the move that he deserves and uh and, you know, again, scores lots of goals for somebody, but not against us. So thank you for listening to this episode of Posh Across the Pond. Uh, thanks so much, Wes, for coming on. And if you're a Posh fan abroad, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website to get in touch. Follow us on the socials or visit our website, www.theyellowblock.co.uk. Up the Posh. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.